0: Hi, you're listening to this cupoc Life, a podcast that looks at the world through a lens of a queer person of color. We strive to be a safe and inclusive listening space for all queer people of color, and we also have a variety of views and opinions. So, leave us a comment on our website, thiscupac.life, or join our Facebook page and community, or send us a tweet at thiscupac.life. Help us build this Cupac community. And while you're at it, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play Music. Just search This QPOC Life. And if you're feeling like you got a couple extra dollars to throw around, don't forget to check out our Patreon page. You can invest in this podcast and help us to continue to create quality content by and for QPOC. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can get in on the ground floor at This QPOC Life. And for higher donations, you can unlock special rewards like behind-the-scenes content, maybe sliding into someone's DMs, maybe hitting someone up on a, a tap on Grindr, who
1: knows? Unless you've been blocked. Unless you've been blocked. Which we'll talk about soon. And much, much more. <laughs>
2: you
1: hello hello oh hello. my goodness we it's are another back week. oh wow
0: oh what oh a week. wow what a fellowship
3: <laughs> what has even happened uh, everything
4: everything,
0: everything happened. and nothing and I had oh my god we're we're gonna go right into the the freaking thing in a minute but I had a crazy meeting this afternoon with my boss's boss which turned into a bitch session about my current boss. Oh, Oops. <laughs> oh.
3: How much can you disclose about this? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> but it was great. What? Speaking of like bitch sessions, why is the picture of what's her name from the Champagne is burn floating around right now? Like uh, Miss Champagne
0: Miss Dehan Carroll?
3: Yeah, what is she doing now? I don't know. Is she on is she
0: reading bitches on horror, story? I, horror I story? I don't know. American horror story. Oh yeah, she's it. No, 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 not uh, not her. I saw, You're talking
1: about uh uh, Dominique De- no, Alexis Dominique Colby. Yeah, what's her name? There's a picture well, of Domin- her.
0: Dominique Devereux is the character that, um,
1: the black sister that, of that. Um, just said her name
3: right.
0: Um, well, happened.
1: the white lady from that. You're talking about the white lady. Al- that's
0: Judy Collins. Uh,
1: she's in a picture Judy? in front of a dark uh, staircase. Joan. Joan Collins. No, sorry. wait. Is that is that Joan Collins? I don't think that's her name. I don't know. That could be her name. Well, she um she is on this season of American Horror Story, which is Apocalypse. It is John. Not That's sponsored right. content. Judy by the is the
0: right. singer songwriter and folk. Mm. Do you all watch that series? I saw I season gave up three. On
3: it. Yeah, I, the only one I ever watched was season three, and I only made it halfway. Through. It was because of a female ensemble cast, and aren't also not they Angela all Bassett. No, aren't they all the same ensemble cast? I thought that was a gag. Typically,
1: but he, he uses
0: a lot of the same people. But it's, it's three in particular was very female focused because it was uh-huh. about the coven. So. Mm-hmm um and yeah the problem is I, you know he's just ryan murphy's just not the best sustained storyteller in the world no. we've goes talked about that place. before yeah.
3: with pose we're hoping that he's season sort of like, two mm, yeah exactly
0: so he like starts with a lot of gusto and then it just sort of starts to fall apart and yeah. you're like, ugh. but you know what we did we started with a lot of gusto and we forgot to introduce ourselves oh oh
3: oh, oh right right right, right 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 oh my gracious just like
0: ryan murphy we're going all over the place <laughs> oh so, why don't we do some intros?
3: Okay, I'm Jonathan aka Blation, FMA everywhere on the internet.
1: My pronouns are he, him, and his. My name is Zachary Aris and it's the same thing on the internet and my pronouns are he, him, his or anything else.
0: And I'm Carlos Rios aka Trey Fabulo on the internet. That's T R E S F A B U L E U X cuz I know it's really hard to spell. And my pronouns are anything and everything. Whatever works for you, Mama, is going to work for me. My favorite one is her's. And, and this is, is
2: This Cupid, Cupid Life. Cupid. Life.
0: <laughs> when he was Girl. off, when he was off, I well, couldn't Well, I it. I kind
1: of wanted to do something jazzy, <laughs> na, 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 na. but then na, na, I should have communicated that, right. that it I was. You I'll can't say just it, do the, the no, do not a jazz do it again. Chord. Just do that part.
2: This <laughs> cute part. Now that's
1: just dissonant. See, I love a dissonant chord. Oh yes, I'm glad. So someone you like does. Eric Whitaker? I love when shit just clashes and makes you uncomfortable. So you're a music. petty bitch. oh actually later on in in the show when i do want to talk about being petty on the internet while still maintaining credibility and correctness and truth and honesty oh i'm looking forward to that discussion being
0: the god warrior, Uh,
1: because i am the (laughs) god. um but but it's sort of like wait what were we talking about oh me being petty yeah
3: i guess and keeping composure
1: Mm -hmm oh
3: and i mean your I credibility zach you're the one who said you wanted to no, talk about no, it later. no no Sorry. i i it's I not even a, on the list i
1: had a great tie-in oh Lord! but then it just escaped me because i started thinking about being the god warrior <laughs> <laughs> and, and it, your mind stayed on jesus well, and it
0: fixed <laughs> fixed on jesus
1: follow that star here y'all.
0: we go oh my oh, god lord it has been a week Mm -hmm. we've had a lot going on a lot did happen
3: this week and stuff that we want to talk about yeah um i know what i'm gonna talk about but it's probably gonna be a a deep thing so i'm gonna go last if y'all don't mind okay oh okay about what about about what what we did this week yeah just what you did and like Mm -hmm. the one that i want to talk to is at least in Mm -hmm. the circles that i've looked in, it's been super controversial so yeah uh
0: well i guess i can start um i have had a crazy busy week um Little personal thing for me. So this week I decided that I wanted to start a ketogenic diet. (gasps) And so... Come on, keto. She has gone keto. Oh I mean, we Lord, eating, we're
3: in this together. We're then.
0: eating all of the meats and all of the cheeses mm. and none of the carbs because carbs have what? No credibility. You gotta be.
3: You gotta watch out though because I was reading about it. A friend of ours, Christian, mm-hmm. introduced me to like this keto-like thing last year, mm-hmm. and I did it for thirty-five days, and I did start seeing like a washboard appearing mm-hmm. in the plate. It was. It was working. Wait, wait, wait.
1: But like when I, you see Jesus in toast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> not not unlike that. Not know. unlike,
1: like I was probably lightheaded. More like right. the Virgin Mary, but right.
3: sure. Uh, side note, Damon, our friend, sent me a picture. He was like, when you're on a keto diet. And it was like a picture of a dying alien. I was like, what is this? It well, looks like correct. ET. But anyway, going back, I was reading something recently that was like, you got to be careful because your body will like, and this is all just off the top of my head, not scientific. I was just reading mm-hmm. it on the internet. But like- If you deprive yourself of the carbs and you eat too much protein, then your body can then use, I think, the Krebs cycle to make protein into the thing that carbs would have normally have been. Mm.
0: Sure, yeah. But I saw results after 35 days, and and you got to like it to do it right. At least from what I've been reading and trying to do is, you've got to be really smart about the kinds of foods that you eat, Mm. and also really smart about tracking so that your percentages are right. And so, Mm. are you keeping a journal? Um, I don't keep a journal, but I do, I do track my meals <laughs> oh, and I fine. do track my food in in an application on my phone called carb manager. Yeah, Oh, um, and Carlos so is in it to win it. I'm in it to win it, honey. And the so it's haul. great because you can put in ingredients for things, but you can also put in like if you get a prepackaged thing, like I ate like one of those oh, prepackaged mm-hmm. Gouda cheeses. I'm not going to name their name because they're not a sponsor. Right. But.
1: Um, and you're not trying to read them, so why get why get But we're open the to lower? sponsorship,
0: so if right. they'd like to be a sponsor, they can come on down. If
1: you are a smoked to our Gouda, <laughs> slide into our DMs, <laughs> get, honey. We're uh, we're approaching
3: one year, <laughs> and you. that was uh, Carlos's goal for one so year. So if the cheeses to can just come gu- through, a sponsor, Gouda. cheeses sponsor. take the wheel,
0: honey. So <laughs> so then you can add all that stuff up, and then there's a visualization you can see, like, oh, mm-hmm. this is your percentage of you know fat you've eaten during the day versus protein versus carb. So. It's helping me track. I'm feeling good. Like, I don't, I didn't feel, I kept reading and hearing about this thing called the keto flu. The flu. Oh, my God. Where people, like, (gasps) lose energy Mm -hmm. and don't sleep right and all this other stuff. When
1: when you told me to do the keto diet a few months ago, uh, maybe last year, and I tried it, that's what happened to me. I could only last two months or two two weeks. Let me rephrase that. Two weeks because it was like, it got to the point where I was just so lethargic and Mm -hmm. I was tired all the time and I felt sick. Yeah. Um, and so I just fell off of it. Yeah. Mm. So, so
0: far I've been lucky, knock on wood. Mm. And I've also been doing like taking the supplements and doing a lot of stuff to help me um, to avoid all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's been going well. Is there a
3: goal in mind?
0: Um, so I was Asian about,
3: size
1: two.
0: Asian size two. yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. I want the things from Hong Kong on Amazon. Junior honey. Petite. Thank you. <laughs> when it says
1: one size, one size fits it's all. Yes. Yes. That's as, what I want. As,
0: sign me up twice. <laughs> um, so when I moved to New York seven years ago, I was about forty pounds lighter than I am today. Okay. Mm. And while I don't like, I don't hate my body. I just want to like feel good. There's a couple of health things related to like why I'm trying to lose some weight. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to go back there, like probably the forty pounds. I I felt good and I felt healthy at that weight. So that's probably what I'm gonna do. That's that takes time, and and I know Definitely. that. So. It is a marathon, not a sprint, as it, as are many things in life. And so, um, yeah, that's mm. that's where I'm going. I'm gonna take some time. Like, I want to give myself the first month to see how it feels, how it goes, mm-hmm. and then take it from there. And I don't know, just kind of one day at a time yet. So that's been going well. Uh, completely unrelated, another fun sort of self care thing. I just bought the Spider Man game <gasps> on PlayStation. <gasps> PlayStation. So much about that. There's a is gay it pride flag good? in it. There's a gay pride flag. He's on grinder in, in one pictures. scene. First of all, he's on Scruff in one of the scenes. Uh, oh, Scruff! Is he for of, real? Because of the colors. Of, yeah. Yes, it's blue and gray. Spider Man is. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, that's the, allegedly the text messages, but
1: it looks it looks it, to it be sure true. Do, Wait a it second. It sure <laughs> do
0: look like a Scruff app. I've heard.
3: I'm gonna look this up. Yes. Wow. So.
0: I mean, I a mean, Spider Man can do. 2018. it? 2018. Hey. So, and that's been really fun. I just started like two days ago. And so I'm is in, it open world? Work.
1: Like
3: It
0: is open world. It's a lot Ooh. like Assassin's Creed. Okay. So okay. there's the experience and like you build up experience over time and you level up. There's a skills tree. There's all the mm. gadgets. I, I'm not a, I i mean, I like Spider-Man and I like comic books and stuff like that, but I'm not a huge, I don't like follow it very closely. Right. Right. And so I was always under the impression that Spider-Man was superhuman because he was bit by a radioactive spider. Right. And have the ability to like shoot webs mm. and all that other stuff. But in the game, it's they are gadgets. So, like, the web shooters are like things that he puts on his wrists. Mm. When they're did not, that happen? I don't know. So, it, it might be something in the lore or whatever that I'm missing. Or maybe like mm. a universe reset. Yeah. I, I'm oh. not, I'm not yeah. sure. So, that's the only thing that feels tonally off to me because I grew up with a different version of Spider Man. Right.
3: right. And, like, side note to that, kind of parallel, I just watched a video today, this morning about how, like, since Disney bought the X-Men back from Fox... They can put it back into... But they're looking for a way to put them back in there. Thank God. And so, like, for Scarlet Witch, which I think, Zach, you really like... Oh,
1: I love her and Quicksilver, but they done killed her in... No, no, no,
3: no. They they put in the dictionary that they just released, like, the official canonical Uh artwork book or whatever, um, there's a very specific line that says when Thanos used the Infinity Gauntlet, Sure. Or Stones, or whatever. Mm. I guess the Stones, because that was during the building. I didn't watch it, but
1: I know what happens.
3: Um, it released or woke up a latent power in her, basically suggesting that she was a mutant the whole oh, time. Oh, she... Scarlet Witch,
1: well... Because because
3: the way they tried to get around
1: the fox thing yeah. was saying that... What, she wasn't, that she, they were, like, something else, or inhuman yeah. or metahumans. Right. I mean, like, Scarlet Witch has always been used by Marvel as, like, a quick reset button. Like, there have been so many times within the comic book where... I remember at one point in 2000, like seven or 8 or 9, there was this whole story arc where she you know she's lost her children, lost her husband, she's men- she's going through it mentally, she's having breakdowns and she technically is the most powerful mutant because if you think of it from the sense that like she But what is her power? So sometimes <laughs> she in on a light side The power of plot convenience. Yeah. So it's will... not like
3: Storm where she can just control the weather,
1: it Correct. changes. She there A long time ago, she would just throw a little witch bolt at something and it would alter the probability of what that thing does. So it could like explode or fly around or just general tomfoolery. Well, then it became, okay, well, she actually just manipulates reality as a whole. And then it became, okay, she's not a mutant. She's actually a sorcerer. Okay, no, she's a mutant again, but she does this. It got to the point where in 2007, where she's having these mental breakdowns and She just decides, you know, all of these terrible things have been happening to mutants for so long. She decided that the mutant gene no longer exists. And she has this breakdown and says no more mutants. And then all of a sudden, every mutant in the entire comic book series is depowered and is a normal human. Except for like a a handful of them survive. Survive in the sense that they retain their powers. So it was a quick reset. She's used all the time as that. And I think they're probably going to bring that back into Thanos. Wow. You know, damn done killed everyone. Mm. So, in terms of Carlos's journey, I too am on a converging parallel, mm. which is funny because, because of Shady Doctor. Because as we saw last Hussein. episode, Shady Doctor Hussein, he said, "You should really worry about your heart." And also, mind you, the flu cleared up. It wasn't the flu, but whatever it was, that bug, the pneumonias, is fine now. Um. But so it's been one week since I've been on the um, fentramine, which is not fenfen. It is only part of fenfen.
0: It is, it is fen.
3: <laughs> it's just, I'm still trying just to figure out fen. how this thing works because um, I've been hanging out with you all week sure. and like
1: you don't eat anymore. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't eat. Like sometimes we'll be walking around outside. It's like speed. Yeah. And <gasps> I'm like, and I'm like, ooh, a Chinese restaurant opened their door, and I can ooh smell that food, and that, mm. that's it. Mm, I'm full now.
3: <laughs> <I'm> like what
1: <laughs> like in terms of dinner here is my Wrigley's pack of extra long-lasting flavor polar ice gum i just don't think this is healthy and a water no no it's a uh, what it i guess what i found is that like i am not hungry ever but there are times during the day when i'm like i know that right now i need to eat so i will eat now um and then i'll be eating and then i'll get through it and I'm like before I was taking this drug um if there was food on the plate I'd be like gotta finish it because you have to finish everything that's there even if like even if If I'm at a buffet, I'll take what I can eat. But, like, sometimes when you go out and you order something and then they're, like, here's all this food. And you're, like, well, I don't want it to go to waste. Or, oh, it's really good, so I should finish everything. Now now I I never have that thought of, like, oh, I have to finish this. So it's, like, it gets to the point where I'm, like, okay, I'm full now. Done. Like, so after Jonathan and I went to... A meeting yesterday
3: for the PAO
1: for the PAO, and then afterward we were like, okay, well let's grab we'll grab something to eat, um, and then we went to this Chinese restaurant, and I ordered my favorite dish, which is Mapo Tofu. Zach uh, always gets love that, that dish, no matter where we go. It's because it is a good sign if of if you are a credible restaurant who can serve Sichuan food. Well, you know it's got the you know red oil and pork and tofu. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Well, I ate as you saw like a tenth the quarter of it, yeah, and then I was like, I'm gonna be bad. And for the first time this week, I ordered a Coca Cola, because I've only had water. Yes. For five mm. days. Look at me now. Wow. Um, wow. Um, and I had this Coke, and I took like three sips of it, and then I was like, "All right, I'm done."
3: Yeah, I was surprised.
1: Yeah, I only finished like a tenth of it.
3: And then, we looked over and saw the fish.
1: Oh, and then there was a fish. I didn't
3: realize. I thought those were just like decorations. No, you can it's actually to eat buy them. them
1: and eat them. They're at the restaurant. Oh. It's fresh. It's amazing. Um, but like, so in terms of like our parallel journeys, like like I tried the keto and it really just didn't work for me. I've tried like the soylent and it was just too overwhelming. Mm. That doesn't it, taste good. It really like I it was manageable, but like it get to the point where I'd be like so unenthused about it and I'd be like, oh, I really don't like, want to put need myself through food. that. Yeah. And so like, I mean, we all live in New York and like Time is money, money is time, and we don't have a lot of it. So it's like, you know, we'll see what happens with this pill. I don't own a scale, so I don't know if there's any changes. And also, it's only been five days. Right. So there's that. Um, So, yeah. So, I mean, the doctor said he was like, you need to lose 50 pounds. Mm. And using this pill, you can do it. So I'm just
3: surprised because, like, you went in to see Svetlana and Dr. Hussein – Saddam. So wait, who? What was his name? Hussein. <laughs> Damn. And um, Damn, you Gina. went in. You went in you can with. Edit a, that out. <laughs> you went in with a very specific intention. I did. And then, like, he said it, and then
1: you're like, "Okay, I'll do it." Like, well, because it was like, I'm like, all right, you know, it, I'm not going to make the change because I've tried and it's not working, and I'm fine with, like. I'm fine with who I am and how I look. I don't, like, I don't have an issue. But there is the one issue. I like to shop at Forever 21 because they're cheap. Hmm. And I'm about to size out of their pants. Yeah, that's a problem. So, we, look, all hands on deck. Something yeah. has to change. Tile on the alarm. And so, <laughs> and so, also because of my surgeries, like, it's hard to go to a gym because I'm still in PT. Right. So, you know, we'll try it and see how this works. I mean, Dwayne Reed gave me the pills. Good. <laughs> so...
0: We're all going to get through it together, honey. We're right. all going to get skinny quickie for the fall. Look real cute for No Christmas. appetite, new me. <laughs> look, r- look
1: real cute for the new year. Oh my God. So when we put on those nice sweaters, we can all look really good. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. A nice Those
3: sweater. HR approved
1: nice sweaters. Nice. That sweaters. shade that nobody is going to get. no one's
0: going to get. <laughs> but, um, there you go.
1: Oh, yeah, because you you said that you have— something deep. There is something deep. What's going on? Oh, Oh, no, it's not like a deep personal
3: uh, thing, but it is—it's kind of like we're segueing into news, but also I was there, and it's self-care. It was definitely self-care because, number one, I don't follow tennis at all, Mm. but in a moment of wanting to experience something historical— Mm -hmm. And feel super proud either way. Mm -hmm. I decided after I saw Naomi Osaka beat whoever that one lady was um, and saw that she was going to the Women's U.S. Open Grand Finals that I would purchase a ticket uh, and go see this historic moment between Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka. Because either way, like. You win. Black woman or Blasian woman. So like. Like either way. Victory, victory. Victory, victory. And then it turned into a shit show. Right. Mm. Yeah. It was crazy. And the fallout from that uh, is that certain people and even media organizations yeah. have painted Serena as, well, literally as an ape. As yeah, the Australian
1: a, Herald or whatever. Yeah.
3: No credibility. Yeah. Um this caricature said she's a sore loser, said people were trash for booing Naomi Osaka. I'm like, no, I was there. I started the booing and we were not there booing <laughs> Naomi Osaka. We were booing Carlos Ramos.
1: So wait, right? wait, wait, wait. What you're saying is, is that you started the booing and it was directed at, at least, the umpire.
3: Yes. At least in my section. I feel like the booing happened spontaneously
1: like all no, over. No, name it and claim it. All over the Be the, the one who threw, who threw the first glass. <laughs> Because Marsha P. Johnson, t- until um, t- t- her, her dying day, she kept on saying that she did not do it. But I think. But myth sa- or legend says. Legend says. Yeah. Ergo, legend says that he who first booed the umpire in this Serena <laughs> Naomi game was Jonathan Gibbs.
3: Yes. But um, yeah, so that was just my self-care was like I bought a ticket to the U.S. Open when I don't even follow tennis. And um, my bank account is suffering for it. and <laughs> well, I, damn. I have Your to. Your
0: self-care uh... <laughs> now is saving that money. Huh? <laughs> right.
3: Uh, I've, but, like, along the lines of y'all's stories, mm. I needed, like, that wake-up call anyway. So now I've stopped going to lunch at Diggin every single day because it's, like, $12 for lunch. And then, yeah. like, going to Sweet Green every other day. That's $15 salads. Which, like, I look at that as an investment. But I'm like, mm, oh, I could pay $6 and get a chicken breast and some spinach. Right. And, like, just continue to thrive
0: yeah i think at some point obviously not right now but i think at some point it would be great for us to invite a guest to the show to talk about like personal money management and i and Mm. our relationship with money and i I feel like as people of color in particular but i even just think broadly like as a generation too because we're all in the same generation Mm -hmm. that we don't talk about money we don't talk about money in a in a way because we don't have it we don't have it but we also um don't know how to manage it because we never had those conversations with our parents Mm -hmm. or with our peers, or with our teachers. And so our relationship with money is really weird. We also are a generation that has grown up with physical money. And then now physical money is a thing of the past, right? So now, like I think about the future, we're like, Money is a foreign concept. Like it is a number of credits on a sheet of paper, right? Or like in the air versus actual tangible things. It's so so crazy because a lot of people how that changes our relationship with money. A Mm -hmm.
3: lot of places don't even take cash, right? Like a lot of these places where I eat. Set that doctor's office. (laughs) Doctor's office that did not take card. Thank you. And then
1: I walked out on the bill.
0: (laughs)
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's more believable. But like, I was in utter disbelief when, like, dig in. What are they oh, yeah, call, like, take. it's, like, cash, cashless. it's not cash for cash less. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And then, like, other places had these cashless stickers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. My money is
0: no good here. And on the plane, too. It's now a cashless cabin mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. 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 At least the planes mm-hmm. I'm flying, I don't know. Maybe Southwest. Okay, no.
1: first class girl. No, like, in, um, on Spirit, same thing. I know. I'm a Spirit girl, so. I'm a Delta Diva, Delta Diamond. Well,
0: <laughs> Well, with all this travel talk, why don't we take a quick break?
3: All right, so we're back and getting ready to get into a special segment that we like to call
1: the tea.
0: Ooh, hot.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's. I mean, if you get that three ballerinas, regular.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we build tea look Damn. okay wait
1: wait, wait wait wait
0: that's that that's that poop tea that's on the cleanse honey.
1: Hashtag, hashtag growing up asian in the midwest oh, like no that was that was the tea wait what haven't you haven't you ever heard of three ballerinas tea no oh my god my mom and my aunties were so into it they turned my white mom onto it and she was like this is this is, this the is it wait your mom is the white person in your family yeah my dad's an asian Y'all, y'all even... <laughs> wanted a twist. How did you not
3: know this? Wait, and at the we same time, he was like, for "Years,
1: years," and I've told you so many times. Like, and he's a uh, he played with all the Motown people. Full stop. My dad is a <laughs> punk musician, and oh. my grandfather was the favorite band do of you Alice even Cooper. Know him? Yeah, do you know who
3: I am? But aren't you also related to Anna Mae Wong?
1: <laughs> my grandfather was in a movie with Anna Mae Wong and Marlene Dietrich called Shanghai Express and he pushed Marlene Dietrich down the stairs in one scene like on purpose or yeah no on purpose oh okay okay it was, it was, yeah. <laughs> okay, like it was making, scripted not right. like yeah.
0: not like a showgirls moment like
1: yeah the the movie was super progressive like he played an officer in um a Chinese liberation army and he was actually Asian
3: oh my yeah
1: look at them look at making that making those decisions um unlike the good earth Anyway, no, yeah. Um, so, enough about the tea in terms of news. <laughs> three,
0: ballerinas. <So> <laughs> three ballerinas. So, what's going on? So, let me tell you what's going on. Ooh, yeah. Grinder.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, first of all, Grinder is a shit show and you just shouldn't have it anyway. Right. Because it's an epic waste of
1: time. There's a huge investment and not and a huge very ROI. Very little return. Very, very little return.
0: And then, for the times that you do get some sort of return, like, trash yeah but do you know that people can find you on Grinder? I heard about that like and not just like find you to like have sex with you and know that you're like negative 8 inches away but like
1: that was very specific I mean we've all had negative 8 inches
0: <laughs> I'll let that settle in
1: <laughs> look all I'm gonna say is that men lie about everything they lie about their height they That's lie it. about that it's true it is what it is
0: men just lie we so, send in other people's
1: pictures. Other people's photos. But you were saying about. Catfishing.
0: So apparently, Grindr has been sharing, or it's not even that it's sharing, it's that it is open to vulnerability of being hacked. So there is an app called Fucker. Pardon, <laughs> pardon my French. I don't normally swear like this, which hacks into the API, which I hear is like. Nerd for coding, right? Um, and which is like English for programming. Okay, and that's a great explanation. It hacks into the programming and it can actually tell you using triangulation, which is a very fancy thing, uh, from geometry class that we learned forever ago Mm -hmm. to pinpoint exact locations of users so you can find people Mm. IRL even if they're not, like, sharing their direct location with you or they're not people that you're trying to immediately hook up with. So that mm. is
1: terrifying.
3: So wait, isn't that, a, isn't that a feature of Grindr already, like, 10 feet away, 30 feet well, yes.
1: away? Yes. Well, in the past, um, I read an article a few years ago about how governments in countries with laws against LGBT people have used Grindr to triangulate manually People and find locations. Mm. I read that article, and I think it was you know based in like probably Russia at the time Mm -hmm. or some other some other country. I I can't remember exactly, but but what you're saying, Carlos, is that now rather than someone having to do it manually, well, and the API is basically what how grinders code or how any code of a program like will hook into something else, right? So it's sort of like okay, here's the here's the plug to put it into your adapter, yeah. And what you're saying is that, like, a third-party app, fucker, mm-hmm. was able to easily access this triangulation feature of Grinder, and now it's able to pinpoint exactly where a user is. Right. Which...
0: Which is uh, like unlike the the main app, which yes, it does tell you you're you know fifty feet away or sometimes it's feet wrong away. though. It's but that's the know. thing. So sometimes it's wrong, and it's always an approximation, right? It's never an exact right. Mm-hmm. But here you're getting exact information down to you know the feet potentially, mm-hmm. and so that creates that can create a safe that is a safety and security issue, mm-hmm. right? Because. You don't know who might be using this app and for what reasons, to your point, like for, you know, targeting people. Mm -hmm. And this is a space that's supposed to be safe for whatever reason. Right. And this can cause a lot of harm to people who are users of the site. The interesting thing to me is that when... A while ago, when there was the hack that somebody found that you could like find mm-hmm. out who blocked you. Oh, on the Grindr. blocking on mm-hmm. Grinder, yeah. That that got Ooh, and resolved and covered up pretty quickly. Yep. Pretty quickly, like within a day or so. But mm-hmm. then later on, now we're here and we're learning. Yeah. We're learning that you can be, you know, sort of hacked into your very particular space, and there doesn't seem to be, and there's a simple fix for it apparently, right. and they they don't seem to be in any kind of hurry to make that happen.
3: Mm. On a less serious note, when that block thing happened, whew, I mean, I found that some people blocked me
1: and I'm like,
0: why did you block me? I don't
1: want you anyway. Hello? Like.
0: That's such a New York thing,
1: though. But, you know, maybe some people block other people. So, that, And these like, are people like, I personally knew, though. Maybe they know you and they don't want to. They're like, OK, you know, I know that person on a professional level. I don't want to cross that bridge with them, you know? That's a, the, or maybe the, they're just the making room wasn't on their grid. for you though like oh
3: it's just confusing to me it's this weird shade that I have to just let go because it's like girl like it's not a deep n- neither of us wanted each other there was no need for you to block there were two
1: ships mm.
0: passing in the night
1: honey. <laughs> right I mean there there were people that you opposite know opposite hemispheres that had blocked me that I tried to be play matchmaker for them to help them in life. And clearly, I'm just a friend. I'm not looking at you that way because I'm trying to get you with someone other, a mm. different friend. Oh, child, we me need trying to do to a look whole out podcast about just a friend. Because... And try, me trying to be matchmaker in, you know, uh, old girl in Joy Luck Club when they're, in the, when they're back in China. That fraudulent matchmaker? Yeah, but I was trying to have credibility because both parties were somewhat interested. And I was like, you know what? Let me be the bigger person, the friend, the catalyst to bring these people together.
3: I don't think that's your calling.
0: Well, clearly, because I got blocked. <laughs> Wait, are the two people that you introduced together or no?
1: No, exactly. Mm, but that's my fault. No credibility.
3: <laughs> uh, but yeah. so, so I don't. I mean, I'm just hearing about this. So I'm wondering if like fucker then has, like, does it translate that data into like onto a an overlay, like a Google map or something? So because like in Google, it mm-hmm. sounds like what it's doing is it's taking that triangulation. And then presenting it yeah. on like a map as dots. Cause on Google Maps, you can, if you share your locations or in Apple, whatever, right. you, you can, can see exactly it. where someone is. Yeah, like, I
0: think that's what it does. I haven't actually seen the app myself, but I would reckon that that's. That thing is how like
3: when you use it ethically, I guess you should say, like it's super helpful. Like when I go on trips upstate with friends and we're in two different cars, like we just share our thing and then we'll be like, oh, they're
0: like a mile ahead of us. Grinder?
3: No, just maps.
0: Oh. <laughs> I'm like, damn! You just messaged people like, y'all can text.
1: Okay, I just pulled up what it looks like. Okay, let's see. What are we looking? Oh, it it is a map. It It is is a map, map.
3: and it's straight
0: off of a Google
3: map. Oh my goodness! Mm -hmm. Well, damn gracious! Wow. All
0: right. Well, now you know, kids. So be careful out there.
1: Oh, and th- see this this shit's dangerous because the fucking example that they give is in Mumbai in India. Oh
0: no. Where it was just recently decriminalized, thank God. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's this this is deadly. This is like the time that the Daily Beast uh, No, I watched a um I saw a
3: play uh Sammy mm-hmm. um was in and uh it was all about these guys who were in jail in I think Egypt. Mhm. Uh, Because they all got invited to a uh, gay party or something and they all got locked up. Mm -hmm. But then I think, so no spoilers, but it was a really good play. And like it was, Mm -hmm. it like switched between them being in a jail cell to being like open advocates, like on podcasts and things like. So it it would switch from them being in the cell to then like the lights would go off and come back on and they'd be like giving Mm -hmm. interviews about being gay in Egypt It was really neat. And so, yeah, like this is this is actually I'm glad that we brought this story up because when we talk about this QPOC life, we're not just thinking of like the United States of America. These are issues that people have to face all over the world Mm -hmm. um, being gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans, queer, whatever you want to say in different places where it's not uh, accepted, tolerated or anything legal, Uh, legal and people Mm -hmm. are getting killed um and this is a this is a means that you know those governments or those people can use to hunt us down mm-hmm. it's very scary times and joining us in the studio today is none other than the illustrious the great Rafi Regulus
2: Yay! yeah
3: and there was a really awkward pause because... You were making sure so that you could say it correctly. I was correctly. making sure that I could say it correctly. Damn, every time, Gina. I, I'm just bad like <laughs> Every
0: that. single time.
3: So, Rafi, tell us about yourself and, you know, the pe- tell the people out there. Tell the
4: children. Hey, everyone. So, um, I'm Rafi, Regulus or Regulus. Either way is fine. I prefer Regulus. Um, so, I am a client advocacy specialist with the New York City Anti-Violence Project And when I'm not working, I am the host of my own podcast, Self-Care and Steven Universe. Yeah. Currently available on SoundCloud, soon to be available on Apple. So let's see how that works. Okay. (laughs) Diversify, Mama. Mm -hmm. And Steven Universe. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's
3: a lot to be talked about there, which I have not watched a single episode. I saw one episode. One? Yeah. It was the first one. Oh, good. That's a good place to start.
4: So uh, why Steven Universe? Well, um, I've always been a fan of cartoons and anime and anything that's a healthy distraction from reality. Mm. Um, Steven Universe was one of the first cartoons that I really dived into um, where I felt myself represented more holistically. Um, I saw this in other cartoons like Legend of Korra, um, well, you know, like Avatar, The Last Airbender and Mm -hmm. all that. Um, I could think of a couple of other ones, but honestly, Steven Universe just reflected gender liberation and sexuality in ways that made me feel much more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it gave me a platform for me to navigate my own, navigate my own identity um, in ways where it's kind of difficult to have those conversations, you know, with like my family, my friends at work. Steven Universe gave me a platform to be able to do that.
3: Awesome. Mm -hmm. So I have a question. Has Spider-Man always had cartridges in his uh, <laughs> in his wrist, or question. is he like genetically modified? There's two versions. See, and I told so you, th- technically, yeah. Ultimate parallels. Spider-Man. But why is it there Spider-Man are Spider-Man
4: is um, it was a mutation that let him have the webs. But then the Amazing Spider-Man is the one that has the cartridges. Are they not okay. both Peter Parker? Yes, they are. They are just different so. those are just two universes? Yeah. Yeah. And how well, did they in get one away universe, with that? In one, well, there's like the multiverse in Marvel, but in one universe, Peter Parker is um, like this whiz kid, so he's brilliant enough to be able to create the cartridges, whereas in these other universes, he's a very curious person, and it's through exploring himself that he discovers his powers, and that's how he finds out about the web shooting.
3: So which one are they using with Tony Stark? And in... A uh, Avengers.
4: Oh, that's a good question. I I think it's I don't remember. Did anyone else well, watch I, the last I think it's
1: based on the movies so he would he would be able to shoot the webs. Yeah. Right? Tony Stark gave him the suit. Yeah. But I don't to think be the, the suit doesn't make the web.
4: I think that he makes the web, but the suit helps him better expand what the webbing can do Mm. Mm. yeah so like the iron suit spidey is one of the more popular ones because it really expands just how creative peter parker can be when he has access to the technology to really take his power to the next level Um, which for anyone who's played the games like spider-man on i think playstation 2 you'll remember that that spider-man would be able to attack villains with a spider ball or he'll cover himself in a like spider dome mm. and then it explodes mm-hmm. and attacks oh, yeah. everyone around him. I
3: remember yeah. that. We I were, just remember Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. We were asking because I was talking about how I bought Spider-Man recently. I started playing and I was like you know he has the gadgets in this one right so he's it's the it's the one where he's really smart. Um, but I don't remember that like growing up I just remember watching like the cartoons and it was the one where he was bitten by the radioactive spider and that's Ooh, how the that Fox so Kids came version, out of right? him. Right. So, yeah. anyway, I, that's why I was like, I'm a little confused, but it's probably some sort of alternate reality, whatever, whatever.
4: I mean, it made more it made more sense for the Saturday morning cartoon squad for it to be like he gets bit by the spider and now he can shoot webs compared to um what 21st century Fox, I think, that did the horrible one with Tobey Maguire. Oh yeah. Oh the oh, movies. Yeah.
3: With I the upside down M- kiss.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean like, that was, he was a great. He's scene, like though. this. How many times have they rebooted that series? Enough? Three.
4: Three whole times. Yeah. Oh yeah. I there's been um
1: Toby McGuire. Mm-hmm. There's the dude with the hard uh, forehead lines, and now there's the paranormal.
4: Andrew Garfield.
3: Yeah. He oh, he cool aged lot. quick. Oh, and then also there's another universe where Spider-Man is a Latino. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's
1: Miles
4: an- Morales. Yeah, and there's
1: another Legend. one where he's from India too. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and then of course Spider-Gwen. Yeah. Spider-Gwen. There's the yeah, lady Jamaican. Um, Gwen Stacy is the person who gets bit by the spider instead of Peter Parker, and Peter Parker is the one that dies in that alternate. Oh, reality. Spider
3: Gwen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I thought it was Spider Guan. Like what the Guan? <laughs> I like, <what that> <laughs> was like, I said Jamaican. <laughs> I I was was like, yeah,
0: we've, we've been hanging around West Indian folks too much. <laughs> yes. I've been in Crown <laughs> Heights too long. She said
1: um, Anansi today. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Oh my. I would goodness.
1: wait. I would live for that though. <laughs> like, but if because like I mean like what what a year for like Anansi. Because it's like American Gods, Ooh, um, Orlando
4: Jones. Is a exactly. Of, right? oh, Once like, on this island.
1: Once on this island, like un, like Nazi's having his moment again, and also mm-hmm. the children's book is still selling really well. Um, I would. Oh, love Children it. of Blood and Bones. No, I meant like the children's book of. Like, oh, I think you meant Anansi like a the Spider
4: book where he's in it, and I'm like, yes.
1: No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like you know, like fairy tales or you know, tales of him, you know, from back in the day. But mm, I would love a. Uh, Spider Guan with <laughs> Orlando
0: Jones. <laughs> Wait.
3: Okay. Well, it's worth mentioning all of that, especially because Rafi's here, because you are also in leadership and at a really high platform uh, regarding New York City gamers. Yeah. Um, I'm one of the
4: co-admins like, for the NYC gamers.
3: Which is a very active mm. and big group.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on. I think we're all we're all members of that we group. We are.
1: On the Facebooks? Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that was before we all met each other in one way, shape, or form.
3: That group's been around for, before I knew any, before I was even in the PAO, I knew about that group. Mm -hmm. So we're talking back like
1: 2012. Yeah. That was a different time. That was a very different era. It was uh, Obama, the sequel, and times were great.
3: Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump was the celebrity apprentice. While Obama was out Merely capturing a twinkle capturing in the eye Captain was doing Saddam Hussein Or uh, Osama bin Laden Yeah He killed My him God. Yeah <laughs> And and there was breaking news Interrupting the celebrity Apprentice to announce it On a Sunday night Cause I was
1: Ooh, watching that, See that's the shade that, That's why he <laughs> I wish bad. he would
4: bring that Back up That's the circle of yep. shame <laughs> Now was that the season With Omarosa Or with Nini Leaks?
1: It
3: was Nini Leaks oh, yeah, And Star was, Jones
1: Yeah Star uh, With Omarosa That was like Day one. So let's talk about the ballroom culture. <laughs> yeah. Since we since since our guest Raffi here um is an expert, I don't know. Right? S- very so, involved with the kids. Yeah, but the children. culture
4: was basically my second home when I came out the closet. Mm. So Then
0: you're part of a house, right?
4: I used to be. Oh. Yeah, when I first came out, I was a part of the Kiki House of Old Navy, and my first chosen wow. mother <laughs> was Mother Jorge um, Come Rosario. Shout out to the mother. And Is the house still functional? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. You know, um, all houses go through their own intergenerational periods, but the Kiki scene is kind of like the minor leagues where the major leagues is the mainstream ballroom scene. Right. So, Old Navy was where I was at when I was a teenager.
3: Wait, but the way mm. you just said it made it sound a lot nicer than what I've heard before. I heard that the kiki scene is like, they're trying to separate from the, it's basically the PAO. Like, you got mm. the young people sitting on one side of the room, and you got the old people sitting on the other side of the room, and the young people are shading the older people, except the ballroom scene is not screaming ageism. Mm. Well,
4: you that's a whole other conversation. We could talk about ballroom politics. Oh, go for yeah, it. the bureaucracy, because um, it gets to a point where we have to, first of all, acknowledge that the Kiki scene was created as a safe space for LGBTQ youth to be able to be involved in ballroom scene without um, having to deal with the drama and the history, the historical trauma that ballroom was at the time. Mm. Um, then as it evolved, a lot of community based organizations got involved in sponsoring and supporting LGBTQ youth you got to think about it like the culture and where we're at. If you're an HIV tester and you're looking for numbers and you're trying to end the stigma and figure out where are we finding newly diagnosed HIV positive folks to connect them to care, go to the balls. That's where all the LGBTQ youth under the age of 24 are in Brooklyn and the Bronx.
2: Hmm.
4: Mm. So you'll have places like Callen Lord and other community-based organizations sponsoring Kiki balls or events, mm-hmm. and they're providing testing and they're promoting their programs and services while the kids are out here just having a good time. What comes with the sponsorship? Money. Mm. So what happens when the Kiki scene is getting more endorsements and sponsorships than the mainstream ballroom?
1: Oh, there's a backlash.
4: Oh, yeah. And that's where the ageism comes in because then there's this like ostracizing of like, oh, you're too young to be in the main scene competing for $2,000. Why don't you go to the kitty corner and play with the kittens for your cute 100?
3: Mm -hmm. Wait, but I thought we just said that the kiki scene was getting the money. Or is it the other way? They
4: are, but the kiki scene is getting it more often. And it's being spread out more and they have more opportunity, whereas in the mainstream, it's very elitist and the houses have decades of access and privilege to be able to cultivate much larger venues and balls and grand prizes. It's a whole nother level compared to the minor leagues.
3: Yeah. Mm. So the latex ball, because I went to that Mm -hmm. over the summer, that is
4: sponsored
3: by... GMHC. Yeah, GMHC. I and that's a that.
4: mainstream ballroom event. So there are some Kiki kids that will participate in latex and they will either walk as a 007, which means that they're a free agent, or they'll walk, I believe, with a main house that's recruiting them, hmm. or they're already in a main like house. Like a provisional. If, there's like a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of, it's like, there's a lot of, a lot of rules sports. and regulations. Yeah, it's, it's like a gatekeeping. Sport. There's it's, a lot of gatekeeping. Is there a draft it period? Is, the IRS. There should be. There used to be. There used to be. Child, draft I want to see a televised dra- a ballroom <laughs> <Yeah>. draft. Um, <laughs> back in the day when Kiki was younger, what the mainstream ballroom folks would do is they would go to the awards balls and places like Latex and they would say, oh, I like that youngin. They're going to be a ninja. They're going to be an extrava because if they're snatching trophies in the Kiki scene, we can cultivate them to join the main scene when they're ready. And that's kind of like the way it was supposed to go. It's very major, minor league into major league. Mm. Um, the kiki scene is not that now. It's a completely different scene within ballroom culture that gets much more attention because of the fact that it's youth in action.
3: Chow, and all of this that we just said and all that we just learned from Raffi, I wonder how much of this Sam Smith took into consideration when he made this music video. Because that that's the meat of the. What is the song called? I forgot. Already, because
4: Vogue, All Night, Glass and Patron. I'm just thinking of all the songs where artists have appropriated ballroom culture and put a few people from the ballroom scene in the music video. Promises. And then it's like, okay, what next? Wait, anyway, Calvin oh. Harris? I, I thought, thought you knew all do- about this. I wow. didn't know. Ooh, Cloudy-Eyed Soul. So...
3: From what I understand, because I only watched like, I read an article and then I, and this was like last week or like it was recently. Mm. Um, Calvin Harris and Sam Smith did this mm. video. Uh, it features a lot of Q from the ballroom culture and maybe even the Kiki scene. I'm not sure. Uh, and Rafi, you and I, on the day that it came out, we had a chat about it. And. I took a very like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? You had a different approach, which was I appreciate that people are being featured. Has that changed?
4: A little bit. Now that it's been a week, I was able to kind of like look through the Facebook group pages and talk to other folks in the ballroom community. And it's the reaction I expected. Half of the community is here for it and they're loving the visibility. The other half, and that's kind of where I'm leaning, is seeing the tokenizing and the social climbing of ballroom culture. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised, especially because it's New York Fashion Week. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, that's a
3: perfect uh, point. Um, The article that I read was like, it shows something from ballroom culture, then it cuts to Sam Smith dancing. And then it goes back. to So, like, it's not him being a part of it. It's just him co-opting it for his music video. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then just making it into a commodity. Is the song about it? It's Sam Smith's
4: safety pin on the subway. It's like, I'm a bystander. I'm an ally. This is my little Kiki. You're welcome. And for our next week, we're going to do, like, Save the Whales or whatever is popular.
1: But, I mean, like, the song itself, like, I haven't listened to it, but does it taught like is it about the ballroom scene or is it just like no I think that in that article I read there like the lyrics have nothing to do. I mean don't quote at least
4: at least when I kind of pop did all night, which that song is everything. That song was definitely about ballroom. You felt the entertainment, you felt the energy, you saw people like Laomi and Slim Ninja and other folks in it. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: So yeah uh I I, I think that initi- my initial feeling rests at not here for it.
4: Sam Smith is just another cis white person on a list of folks. isn't he the one that like said that he didn't, didn't like Michael Jackson?
1: Yeah, he did on a yep. boat with, uh, what's his face from American Ireland? Oh, no credibility. Oh, no. He's also the one who, when he won, what was it, an Emmy or a Grammy or an Oscar or something?
0: Oh, he won a Grammy.
1: He yeah. won a. No, 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 not a no, Grammy. but didn't he win an Oscar It was for an that Oscar. One, so. oh, also and then it. he was like, you know, I just, you know, I just really feel like really great because I'm the first, like, oh, gay person yeah. to win an Oscar. And then everyone's like, what? Justin Lance Black is sitting right next to you. Right. What do you, like, Milk?
0: Yeah. No, he
1: Justin doesn't. Lance Black is... He's the director of Milk. And also the husband of Tom, Tom Daley. Tom Daley, right. That's how I know him. Damn. Wow. I mean... I'm not surprised. She has specific yeah. taste. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, I, I also I have a question in terms of like, so you mentioned that like some of the community is here for the visibility, some aren't. How does the ballroom community feel about the growing popularity of the ballroom style? I'm not going to say scene, but the style of dance within conservative, anti LGBTQ nations such as Russia, because it's very popular there, that style of dance. And you see so many videos of these young, you know... That girls Moon girl is, like, from the Ukraine, right? She's from Finland. Oh, Finland. Yeah. So close. Which... Hop, skip, and a jump. I mean, no, no I don't want to like offend our Ukrainian or Finnish listeners. I love both of those nations. Or listen to in over 70 countries. I can name dozens of countries and cultural facts about y'all too, but it's the difference between Indiana and Kentucky. Mm. It's a hop, skip, and a train ride. Well, damn. <laughs> Fuck mm.
0: their drag. Okay. <laughs>
1: Fuck Europe. Europe's <laughs> drag. Anyway, maybe cut that racism out. But um, yes,
4: <laughs> universal language. <laughs> I mean, it speaks to all people. For but like,
1: is. but how does to go back to my question? Like, how does the how does not to for you to speak as a monolith? But.
4: Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, right? Because Willie Ninja said in Paris is Burning that mm-hmm. their dream, and I'm using there because i the pronouns around Willie Ninja mix and match compared to what we know from history mm-hmm. and what folks have shared with us mm-hmm. who are still alive and knew Willie. Um, Willie always wanted to take voguing outside of just Harlem and New York City. Right. Um, the ninjas had a platform and they really fought for that platform to go international so it's amazing that um, ballroom today is global Mm -hmm. there's a ballroom scene in brazil there's a ballroom scene in soon to be dominican republic there's a ballroom scene in paris japan russia and the folks who are bringing it to these places are from the ballroom scene Mm -hmm. russia has an amazing ballroom scene, mostly cis women and cis white gay guys. And it's because of choreographers and dancers like, I'm going to say Deshaun, Laomi, Danielle, maybe Danielle. Danielle's another story for another time. I'm thinking Danielle Polanco. Y'all would know her from like Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. Deshaun and other choreographers who are, who are the definition of ballroom. Mm. They're the ones who would travel to places like Russia and Japan and teach these classes. And they're the reason why ballroom is now international. Mm. So I don't see those moments particularly as as appropriation. They're the answer. Mm. They're how we're controlling the narrative and how ballroom is going mainstream. You have amazing voguers like Karina Ninja from, I want to say Russia, and Chise from Japan. Um, you have Arturo Lyons, who does a lot of choreography mm-hmm. and has a lot of chosen family who um, whack, which is
1: a kind of like oh, I love whacking, yeah. Um, you know. And oh, they do a favorite. lot of that
4: in Latin American countries. Mm. So,
1: you know. Well, and Inksy, like you mentioned, Sailor oh, Moon. Oh, Inksy is everything. Like, like, that is that is the video that so many people reference because it's a character we all know. She's dressed up in the full Sailor Moon guiche And mm-hmm. she didn't win that fight. Because she was going against Wonder Woman.
4: She was going right. against Lysandra. And Lysandra
1: is like <laughs> the Leomi <laughs> of Paris. Like, it is what it is. Like, yes. Inksy was great, but... Yeah, she didn't win. But. Um,
4: I will say this, though. Inksy has much better clips than Sailor Moon. And not to shade that yeah. in any way, because that was an iconic moment, right? Um, but Inksy won Latex Bowl like two years ago. Oh, yeah. I saw that video, yeah. And she carried. I mean, hmm. the way that I was so moved by her performance, it was legendary. Her and she, the flexibility. I think she's going to be a contender yeah. for legendary performance in the women's category.
3: What are all the balls annually? So I only know huh. Latex, Legends... Like I know big names. There's a lot. Legends
1: Ball. It is yeah. Legends Ball,
3: right? Yeah, and not the
4: Oprah Winfrey one no. out on the grass.
0: <laughs> Double Legends. not the one in Montecito.
4: <laughs> there are a lot of events annually, but one of the more pop, one of the some of the more popular ones I want to say is um, in the Kiki scene. You have the New York Awards Ball. You have Metallica, which the second one was this year, and that's Electronica. That's Kamari Miyaki Mugler's Ball. Legendary. Um, I would also say um, the Playhouse Kiki Bowl. I'm not sure they're doing another one, but that one has really good, like, historical clout. In the main scene, definitely latex. Um, they also have an awards ball. Um, whenever Jack is in town, Jack Mizza, um, there used to be, like, every three months or so, the Rumble Ball, So you'll see a lot of those clips on YouTube. Not sure where that's going because Esco's closed down, and Esco's was the club where they used to host Rumble Ball, and afterwards the Copa. Um, it really depends. Oh, coldest winter ever is a very popular one, and Pride Ball. It's new, but it's definitely a mainstream ball that holds a lot of clout. Um, I believe it's because Ballroom Throwbacks is the one that throws that one.
3: Oh yeah, I know. I know that. Uh, it's a I. Was, have that youtube channel Mm -hmm. i sound so old i have that youtube channel yeah i'm subscribed to that youtube channel (laughs) um so segueing into a more well i'm gonna say this to the listeners uh you've just got you've just received a lot of very uh good information from a very credible source about uh the ball or for the ballroom scene uh but we also need to talk about the fact that the community that fills those spaces is affected. Uh, and it seems more recently, or maybe it's just been consistent. And I know, Raffi, you're with the Anti Violence Project. And so uh, we really wanted to get into a conversation as well to bring awareness to the fact that here lately, we've been seeing an uptick
4: in a mm-hmm. trans murder. That's right. In the city. Mm hmm. In the city and throughout the United States, unfortunately. I mean, even as I'm talking, I'm looking through Twitter because the number is constantly increasing. So you'll sometimes hear 17, um, about 18 folks, 19. um, (laughs) Honestly, I lost count. It's burnout.
3: What would you say, like, I'm just, this is is not even devil's advocate. This is, like, thinking like people who might be deniers. So, like, what do you think people... I would think that somebody might approach you and be like, well, it's probably because of the people they know. Or, you know, how like when they say, for instance, and this is a whole other thing, but like when we were talking about Chicago, I think last week, and I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, but no, it was on Zach's wall Mm -hmm. when we had that huge argument about like. Oh, there's this mindset, like, if you go to Chicago, as long as you don't hang out with certain people, then right. you're you're safe. Or certain neighborhood, yeah. In certain neighborhoods, and we found out that that's not the case. Yeah. So, like, someone might argue, like, oh, 17 murders, it's because they're all involved with a certain scene, and so it's just dangerous, and I don't think that that's the case.
4: I agree. So, um, I think it's important to acknowledge that. There has been 20 known homicides of transgender people in the United States this year. And of the 20 known homicides, 14 have been black transgender women. So when we're having this discussion, it's important to acknowledge that there are many intersecting identities, Mm -hmm. marginalized identities Mm -hmm. at play here, right? So you're talking about being a black person experiencing violence, being a black woman experiencing violence, being a black trans woman experiencing violence. And then all the stigma that comes with being a black trans woman, assumptions about whether they're promiscuous, whether they're sex workers, Mm -hmm. whether um, they're low income and they're engaging in survival sex or survival needs, right? So there's all of these ways to victim blame and Mm -hmm. justify the narrative to say things like, oh, but it's your fault because you're not telling these dudes that you're trans. You have to out yourself before you put yourself in danger, protect yourself. And I'm like. Oh, absolutely the fuck not that is right. the, am I allowed to say fuck? yeah yes yeah, so okay. we we've said many I'm a fuck like, on here okay I'm like absolutely the fuck not that is not the way that you respond to violence that's mm-hmm. not the way that you respond to these massacres to this crisis that's mm-hmm. impacting the trans community you don't start by victim shaming and not holding yourself accountable to how you can better protect and support the trans people in your life and in your community.
1: I mean, one hundred percent. But and and if you notice, like that is the same rhetoric and method that that group of people uses against every time that there's some sort of murder. They always say like, "Oh, well, she shouldn't have been dressed that way. You shouldn't have been in this area. You right. shouldn't have been doing that." Rather than like solving the issue of like the good old boys, of I, you know, I don't like to use the term toxic masculinity. Because in reality, masculinity—if we—if we define masculinity and femininity, and we just look at the two of them, the qualities that are present in masculinity that are not present in femininity, are inherently toxic. Mm-hmm. Masculinity is toxic at this point. Let's just accept that throughout I think, the world. I think
0: masculinity is broken. Is what I, is something it's that I use th- throughout to like, the planet to like discuss you know? gender and specifically like how we talk about masculinity. Mm-hmm. Like it's just broken. Mm-hmm and we and i think this is a symptom right the, the the violence that's happening against trans women and trans women of color more specifically is is a symptom of a broader problem that we have with masculinity in this day and age in our culture in the united states mm-hmm. and we all and by we i mean like society as a whole needs to come together and figure out how to fix it and mm-hmm. we need to partner with our cisgender male counterparts in order to help because we can't fix it right like yeah we just can't well, well
3: i'm just gonna straight up and say it i don't think dwight's care enough unless it's he
0: said dwight's. Dwight's. Uh, i was like who's me. dwight
3: damn yeah no he seriously like the trade <laughs> like <laughs> <Huh? Dwight. laughs> that's how i spell it out because you know facebook be tripping sometimes and to be like if you talk about
4: white people then you're getting banned uh no no but um you know I'll say this Austin. masculinity is in retrograde
1: Oh. So praise yes. me for it's real. a like get back
4: in a dip y'all know like yeah. Sailor Moon S when Lil Rainy is going through it <laughs> and she's transitioning into like black lady black for a little lady. while it's very that that's that's the toxicity in masculinity yeah but it's like it.
0: how can we help like and that's the part that's the part for me that's tough it's like how can we help like fix that because. Until that's fixed, like, there's so many other things that we're not going to be able to get done or will Mm. be a lot more challenging for us as a movement because these people, they don't know. I think that's what it is. I think what's broken a bit about it is, like, they don't know how to operate in a new space, like, where they are not the default. They're not necessarily the ones in power. They're not the ones speaking and everything. Like, they— Who are
3: we saying when we're talking about they?
0: I'm talking about, like, cis, male— yeah. Usually white, but mm-hmm. just masculinity in general. Yeah. Um, operating a society where they are no longer just like the standard,
1: oh, nor the majority, in, nor in the a ma- few years. Thank you,
0: or the majority in a few years, and so yeah. like coming to terms with that, and I think that that's the thing that is is causing this sort of backlash and this yeah. brokenness of masculinity. White lash. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean that that's like the discussion of our generation is is we're on. I mean, obviously we're on the precipice of the information age, but also like, in 2050, you know, that the demographics of the United States in terms of majority and minority is going to change. Um, One of the things that I, when I was doing some research uh, about the topic, and especially with uh, black transgender women being murdered, and I was looking at some of the statistics, and I I found, like, I found, like, explicit numbers of, like, every year since for the past couple years, it's, the number has been growing. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, you know, it's you mentioned like 17 or 20 right now yes but like that we're just not even finished with the year a and b and those like those are the documented right. those are the ones Super that are only report. documented Adley. we like those murders a many of them we don't know about b these have been going on forever and the number the number is probably growing only because now we're starting to report on it. Right. Do you think that Venus Extravaganza's murder would have been known or cared about had it not been in a documentary? No. Right.
4: It's yeah. still a cold
1: case. Yeah. Exactly. Like
0: and and further yeah. to that, like it's not just the not just the deaths that are happening that are being reported, but there's all these other forms of harm that are befalling our community mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. especially that segment of our community, a lot of intimate partner violence that's happening. Um, that we don't hear about, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not okay to report on these things or to talk about these things.
4: So through my work at the Anti-Violence Project, we run a 24-hour hotline that's a crisis hotline for LGBTQ survivors of violence. Mm. Being one of the folks, I mean, as as I'm doing this, I'm actually on call, right? Um, when someone calls the hotline and they report the violence that they're experiencing... We have the capacity to connect them to programs and services here in New York City and across the United States, even if it's connecting them to partner organizations through the National Coalition of Anti-Violence Programs. These are the community-based organizations that are working with the trans, queer, non-binary communities, especially communities of color, to address the issues and figure out what are the next steps in best supporting folks on their path towards health and wellness. The barrier in that is first and foremost, in my opinion, identity politics and respectability politics. How do you have these conversations without equipping the tools of oppression that have long since been used against other identities that are intersecting in the narrative? For example, We're talking about cis white gay men who experience homophobia. And when there was a rise in reported hate crimes against cis white gay men, there was a lobbying and a bureaucracy and a charge by cis white gay men to have laws be in place, especially in the city, for hate crime legislation. Where's that same energy for black trans women when they're that's being murdered? That's
3: what I was murdered? saying earlier. That's why I mentioned Dwight's er- earlier. Yeah, because- but then
4: what happens when you have organizations like AVP who are actually doing the work to stand up and fight for black trans women? Organizations like Destination Tomorrow in the Bronx, which I hope we could talk about later... Audrey Lorde Project and other organizations that are doing the work and doing the things. And then you have bullshit organizations like the human rights campaign Hello? that's out here fucking endorsing Andrew Cuomo instead of Cynthia Nixon. Not so you swear house. that you're standing up for LGBTQ folks, but you're really just canvassing for cis white gay men.
1: Mm. I mean, off topic, you know, you know what initials I don't trust? H, R and C.
4: Okay, Bernie oh, Slanders. Shade. Okay, the only, the only HRC I fucks with is the Harm Reduction Coalition. Again, <laughs> another organization okay, doing the good work. Okay, I'm looking dead at Zach. Okay, Bernie Slanders. <laughs> Bernie
0: Slanders, get out of my Let's Caucasian go back to White.
3: Home. Oh, girl. <laughs> Ooh, but yes, uh, Rafi. Where can the people find you? Uh, and obviously, we're going to have you back on to talk about more, uh, more of this in different um, organizations and things. Um, because this is this is the information mm-hmm. that we need to get out there, okay, so donkey. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rafi, let the people know uh, where they can find you, uh, how they can get involved in the work. Obviously, we're going to have you back to talk about all of this and more, uh, because this is very important for all of our listeners to hear, and you all
4: pass this on and uh so where what are the resources so you can find me on almost any social media platform by searching for at rafi regulus so that's r-a-f-f-y and then regulus like the star in the heart of the leo constellation
1: Ooh, Ooh, there there she is there Mm. it is Yes. Yeah, that's that's the content I've been waiting for. <laughs> yes, rising.
4: <laughs> um, you could also listen to my podcast currently on SoundCloud. So it's self-care and Steven Universe. Um, the pilot episode is up. Give it a listen, comment, I'll always respond. And thank you for tuning in. As mm-hmm. for getting involved, I highly recommend reaching out to the New York City Anti-Violence Project. They have a 24-hour hotline at two one two. Y para los gente que hablan español, somos bilingual. So we are Spanish-speaking and we are a bilingual hotline. Yes,
0: honey. Shout out to the, like, five
4: Spanish-speaking hotline volunteers and staff folks who keep holding it down. Can
3: people, like, become, like, volunteers? Absolutely.
4: You can go through a 40-hour hotline training that'll make you, trigger warning, a New York State-certified rape crisis counselor, where you can um, actually become a volunteer on the hotline. You can also reach out to AVP for more information on how you can be a part of our efforts in community organizing Mm -hmm. and becoming a volunteer. Child, don't let Zach be the hotline person.
0: (laughs) She said what?
4: (laughs) Yeah, it would be better. If
0: if someone is not from New York and they call AVP in New York, will they help them with resources in their local area? Yeah,
4: Absolutely. The hotline is national because we manage the National Coalition of Anti-Violence Programs. So we often get folks from out of state calling us and we support them within our capacity to connect them to local organizations that can move forward with their needs. Awesome. awesome. Mm -hmm.
3: I got five people on hold,
0: but I can talk. (laughs) (laughs) That would deadass be Zachary, though. (laughs) But...
1: Oh my goodness! So I mean, if we include, you know, what we just spoke about about how Rafi and I have credibility, the rest of this Cupac Life hey, patrons will have, have to pay five dollars to listen to that. Yeah, if you want, if you want to find out what happened during the $5. break, five dollars. Which I read the remaining three uh, hosts of this Cupac Life, um, <laughs> including
0: one who could not be here to defend themselves.
1: <laughs> Wait, They were complicit. Um, th- this was a great episode. Yeah, but regrettably, our All time together. Things come to as we come to the end of this converging parallel hmm. um oh, star.
0: <laughs> first, first of all we don't have the rights
1: <laughs> we don't have the legality the credibility or um the line, from, the line item
4: <laughs> the line, we don't have line the item
1: li- i'm going to, to that meeting. Line. i don't I'm have the rights
4: that. but i have the right oh there you go, there there you go. <laughs> go.
1: reclaim so we're going to reclaim this incredible episode with raffi regilis See? God, I said see? It, did I say it right? Yeah, Regulous. you did, but you had to think about it. You know, because you know, every time I think about it now, I keep on thinking about how Fergie would do it. <laughs> I don't think about how Fergie would do anything.
4: Uh, can, can we just think about geez. Sirius Black's brother in Harry Potter? Oh my god! Oh, oh yeah, I can think,
3: yeah, think about him. I think about Wait, see, I just watched the ending of the Half Blood Prince. And yeah. I, I didn't realize, oh, well, you know, for Halloween, dies. we need to do a uh, Harry Potter episode. But I, because I just found by watching that, that I have forgotten a lot of well, Harry you know, Potter it, stuff. I stand. Like how it yes. played out around Half-Blood Prince. I completely, I knew, the only thing I remember from that is
1: Horcruxes. Well, you know, no. in terms of What'd that, you though, call me? like when, when I was younger, because of just brown hair and glasses, people would always call me Harry Potter. But Lies. you know what? First and foremost, my name is Zach. I'm Jonathan.
0: I'm Carlos. I'm Rafi. And,
3: and this is This Cube Park Live. Because you know Rafi has a master's in music.
0: I don't know.
1: Not
3: really? That. From who? Vocal know, performance.
0: Oh,
1: See, you, you don't know me. You don't <laughs> you know
3: Randall. I
0: think the content no, You have okay, a degree in music, the problem, right? Then.
3: Yes. Okay. okay. Wait, wait, wait,
2: wait, really? You know I what I'm I wouldn't a fan